Right, does anybody know how to complete this phrase? The whole world loves a... Clearly not. Lover. You never heard that saying. And if the guy who said that, Ralph Emerson, was right, then that all the world loves a lover, then the best loved book in the entire Bible should be the prophecy of this 8th century, uh, 8th century BC prophet, Hosea. Hosea today would actually be called Joseph. That's what his name means. And it's Yeshua, which means salvation. And in some ways, the story of Hosea differs little from millions of other stories that take place every year all over the world. It's the story of a broken vow. It's the story of a broken home. It's the story of a broken heart. It's the story of a broken life. But in other words... And in other ways, the story is so utterly unique that it ranks as one of the most amazing in all literature. Now, if we've even heard the story before, and I've just given you a little bit of it tonight, uh, then we've clipped it from our Sunday school lessons. We've not talked about it even in our pulpits. But God has chosen the sad story of a broken-hearted prophet to reveal his love and to demonstrate his grace. So I want to try and make sense of the fact that this guy, Hosea, would be somebody who God used his life to speak to others. Let's see how we get. The setting for the story takes place in the 8th century. And at that time, there were a whole bunch of prophets. We call them the minor prophets, of which he was one. And it happened, his story happened in the city of Samaria, the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel. And the first part of the story, the bit we've had read, is well known. It's about a man who it seems God told him to marry a prostitute. Now, however that panned out, and whatever part God's thing in was it was, Hosea lived out a message which described the people of Israel. And the thing is, that all of us need to live out a message. Sometimes in modern life, we're a bit too hung up on ideas and facts. And here we hear of a man whose own experience embodied the story of God's truth and God's love. So Hosea, a young preacher, is led by God to meet and woo and win a young woman by the name of Gomer. Gomer was part of an easygoing time in her own generation. But Hosea brought much to this marriage. He brought the unsquandered treasure of a young man's love and heart. For Hosea had never sacrificed himself to another. And as a result, he came to this key moment of his life with much to give. I think Goma was swept off her feet by a decent guy who loved her. Because she got a dubious past. Here was a man who had the heart of a hero, the passion of a poet, and the zeal of a saint. Now, a pastor's life, be it a male or a female, can be blessed or ruined by the person they marry. And so I imagine when Hosea was told by God to meet and marry Gomer, he must have thought at the time that she was as pure as the lily of the valley. But as the days passed, and as this marriage went on, he grew to know her better, 
he realized that the life that he'd rescued her from was something she was always gathered back to. She had been previously trampled upon by the passions of other men. Yet God seemed to say that just as my people have squandered themselves, I'm giving you this woman and I want you to love and bring her back to me. So I guess that Hosea thought, well, her past wasn't very good, but since God has brought us together, our future will be filled with happiness and delight. It didn't pan out very well. Perhaps Hosea did not have time to spend uh, with his vibrant young wife because he was out saving the nation. Hosea the prophet realized that the nation of Israel would fall victim to the war machine of Assyria until it repented of its sin. This is an entire century before they get carted off uh, to Babylon. They had lots of enemies, Israel. And so he spent his days and nights calling the people back to God in an attempt to avert disaster. But Gomer, frankly, wasn't very impressed. She thought things stupid that he thought were really important. And often she sort of pouted about that Hosea cared much more for his preaching than he did for her. And so bit by bit, Gomer drifted back to an old way of life, the life from which she'd come. And day after day, Hosea returned home, wondering where his wife was. Night after night, he lay awake long after it was good for him, waiting for this woman to return. And it says in chapter 3, we didn't even get there, in chapter 3, one night he had to collect his wife from a market where she'd offered herself as a prostitute. The pain that that man faced is hard to imagine. Love spurned and love given away to another. Now the honest truth is, guys, because this is a really weird passage of scripture. It's not a tale simply of a tragic couple and their failed marriage. It's about God and the unrequited love he had for his people. It is the gospel, if you like, wrapped up in a human story of broken promises. And if we knew the story of Hosea, we know this opening bit, the bit that was read. But few stick with the whole story until the end. Hosea also carries a message right through the middle of judgment in the middle of this prophecy. The God who loves humanity to the core must also judge that which spoils his love. Sometimes prophets and preachers are a bit like going to the dentist. The preacher and the prophet say things to God's people which frankly none of us would really like to hear. Just like the dentist who causes, well, we get good dentists these days, just like the dentist who causes at least discomfort, if not pain, when he does something that's intended for our good. But in Hosea and in all the prophets, judgment is about restoration and renewal. And in the closing chapters, after all the sorrow of the heart of God, you come at last to a final picture. I'm just going to read a few verses from the later chapters. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. And after all, it wasn't God who was to blame. 
He was simply trying to get them to see the truth. And the only way that they can relieve their agony is to return. And that is always the case. If God or someone else challenges you that your Christian life is getting in a bit of a mess, frankly, what you and I really want to do is this. None of us like to hear news which is a challenge to the path that we have chosen. And that's exactly how it was for the people of God. And Gomer turned, uh, just turned away from the husband who loved her, just as Israel had turned away from the Lord. And so God says again, take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria, the people who are threatening them, cannot save us. We will not mount war houses. We will never again, says our gods, to what are our hands have made for in you the fatherless find compassion. It's as if in the end they realized that the only way was to come back to God. And God's poetic response comes again in chapter 14. Come back to me. I will heal your faithlessness. I will love you freely, for my anger has turned away. I will be as the dew to Israel. He shall blossom as the lily. He shall strike root as the poplar. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom as the vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. And if that's not how, ladies, your husband speaks to you when he's trying to speak of restored love, then show him a few passages of scriptures like that and say, work on it. Why? Because every heart needs to know that it's loved. And it's not enough for, to get that in your head. Every heart needs to know it's loved in here. And the God of Israel is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that same God has reached out to his wayward world. It has cost him. It has cost him personally, like Hosea's marriage cost him. But there's a sense in which you can come here and you can hear that week in and week out. But like those words of tenderness, every one of us sometimes in a place like this needs to encounter the power of God and for words to come alive in our hearts. And the prophet goes on and adds this lesson from his own heartache. And in the joy of restored love, he says this, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors transgressors stumble in them. And what's Hosea saying there? He said, if you've gone a long, long way from God, if you've just gone through the motions for a long time, hear again that voice of love and return to a way of discipleship. So I wonder if you can see in this story from the Old Testament all the elements of an eternal triangle. There is, on the one hand, the picture of a loving God, 
on the other, a faithless human life. And on the third hand, a deceptive culture that attracts us away from a God-centered lifestyle. The story of Hosea is the story of God's dealings with you and me. And it's not about a doctrinal statement about how God saves us. It's a very gutsy story. And it says, this is my heart for you. Love speaks where words fail. And so many times we try to satisfy ourselves with the idols of our own self-importance. Ours is the same sort of blindness that, like Gomer's, cannot distinguish between lust and love. But divine love has the power to override our darkest passions and our darkest moments. We try to run away from God and drown our miseries. But when we do so, God touches our sleeve. Touches our sleeve. Touches our sleeve and says, come back to me. He says, my child, my name and my nature are love in the flesh. I must act according to what I am. But when you tire of all your running and your wandering and your heartbreak, I will be there to bring you back to myself. Divine love comes and wins the heart. It renews the mind and alone can satisfy the, the soul. And this is the story of the Bible. For at Bethlehem, God entered in the person of Jesus a slave market where the whole human race was putting itself up for auction. Like Gomer, prostituting ourselves and humanity embracing a cheapened life. But on the cross, the Lord Jesus drew out the costliest of love and bought all who turned back to the love of the Father. This is the story of God's love and God's heart and of his longing to bring restoration to you and to me. So what is the story of Hosea? It's the story of a man who literally lived out the story of God's own people. When they were wayward, he got himself in a wayward situation. It wasn't this kind of preaching. It was a heart that said, this God is serious about you and me. Come back to him. And come back to him because he has a purpose for your life that is richer than the life you choose for yourself. And he says to every Christian who sometimes wants to say to God, do you know what? says come back and when you are prepared to return to me I can remake that which you have broken and make you live a significant life from this point onwards I guess you've heard all that before but the story of Hosea says you need to hear it in a different place let's just be still for a few moments Father God week by week in our children's groups, in our midweek groups, and in the school, we try to tell of the love of a God who seeks and saves those who are lost. In YF, we have the privileges of dozens upon dozens of teenagers 
become week by week. And somehow we do our best to tell them of a God who has greater things for them. Week by week, some of us preach our hearts out, longing that even when the message is tough, your heart of love will break through. Holy Spirit, come, we pray. Come and woo our hearts back to you. Come and rekindle the fleshly knowledge of your love, the love that took pain to save us, and the love that's in the business, not of judgment for its own sake, but of restoration and renewal. Come, Holy Spirit, and win us afresh. Quicken our obedience. Restore our love for you. And build our lives once more into something beautiful, both as individuals and as your church.